0: Okay, welcome to Shandos episode number five, I believe, and with me today is Mr. Matt Boucher. Um, Matt is a superintendent with Shandos, been with Shandos how long? Uh, I think I'm coming up on eight years. Eight years, wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's been a good run. So tell us a little bit about your family, like where did you grow up, what were sort of some of the stuff that you like to do when you were a kid, all that stuff.
1: Um, well, I grew up uh, pretty much Grand Prairie, just north of Grand Prairie. I uh, went to a really small school in Sexsmith, Alberta. It was like I think there's like maybe 100 kids from kinder- kindergarten to grade 9. So it was a very, very small school. Um, just my mom raising me and my two brothers. I was the youngest. Um, so, yeah, it was just small town life. Like, you know, I pretty much grew up in a trailer park. We weren't the wealthiest. You know played a lot of road hockey and shinny hockey and just you know bicycle gang around the little town kind of thing right so that's
0: awesome so single mom three boys yeah wow yeah totally what's the age spread between the three of we're you?
1: all like a year and a half apart wow yeah so pretty pretty close yeah.
0: Great, great. And, uh, like, growing up, got along with your brothers, fought a lot. Yeah, for, I Were mean, you, there's
1: definitely a lot of scrapping so going on. But. You're the
0: younger one? Yeah. So you always got you always got shit on? Oh, and yeah. Did you get, like, shoved in the closet? Oh, yeah, for sure. Shoved all in that. the sleeping bag, tied off? And yeah, thrown down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All That's all that great. Stuff. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. So, and then, uh, so you went to school, like, did you go to school, like, the whole time in Sexsmith, or...
1: Yeah, I went to school the whole time in Sexsmith from uh, f- yeah, pretty well, like from grade three till till grade nine, grade ten, and then I transferred to Grand Prairie after that. Um, at that point, you know, being a teenager in a small little like redneck hick town was uh, it was challenging. So Grand Prairie was was definitely a better better place for me to be, I think. Big so. bucks, pickup trucks, and T-bone steak.
0: Yeah. So you went to high school or junior high in high school or? High school in GP. In GP. Yeah. Right on. And then, so go through high
1: school, sports guy, not sports guy? Um, High school, I kind of, at that point, I got out of sports a little bit. Like junior high, I was definitely more more athletic, more sports inclined. um, Track and field, stuff like that. By high school, I was kind of like getting more into skateboarding and music. And just you know, not committing to, to team team things, just
0: doing my own thing. Yeah. Skateboarding now, is there is there? I know you skateboard quite a bit. Um, some of the conversations we've had, you, you skateboard like almost across the globe.
1: Yeah, wow. yeah, I, I do tend to when I travel, I do tend to bring my skateboard, and I always try to get hotel rooms that are close to skate parks, so I can kind of go check check things out and meet the people a little bit, you know. That that's a that's a cool way
0: to meet. The culture, yeah, because you know, skateboard. When I think of skateboarders, I think of this like this network of of individuals, you know, just hanging out and yeah, like there's there 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 could be good things, there could be bad things how people perceive. But I always think of it like a small community. Yeah, so that's sure. a, that's an interesting. I I didn't
1: know that that you looked at hotel rooms close to yeah. Skate park. Yeah. that's pretty cool Yeah, because then Michelle could hang out and, you know in the evenings I would go She's not a much of a late owl so I could go out in the evenings and kind of skate around do my own thing and stuff right Yeah and yeah they're very it very much is a bit of a community like Skateboarders will always support each other no matter what right like especially like when it comes to their skateboarding You know what I mean people are always uh, You know commenting and trying to give advice or whatever right like no matter who it is people are always just trying to you know encourage right to, to land that trick or whatever so yeah it's pretty it's it's fun it's a good way to meet people for sure
0: that's awesome so high school we'll wind back a bit high school skateboard into music which i know so skateboarding and music are kind of your two main passions in yep, life yeah
1: those are definitely two big ones yeah
0: coming out of high school went to work right away or what?
1: yeah right out of high school i pretty much knew i wasn't going to college i I knew myself well enough that I, I knew that would be a waste of my time and a waste of money because I just, I was applying myself just enough in high school, you know what I mean? I was always a very hands-on guy, like going back to when I was a kid in the small town, we were always building forts out in the bush and stuff, right? Like I said, bicycle gang around town. So it was that, that's I just knew that was a part of me. And, and my dad was around a bit in my, uh, my junior high years, and he was a carpenter, so every now and then I would hang out with him on projects and help him on stuff and so I kind of knew that carpentry was in my blood a bit so right out of high school I started framing, framing Houses.
0: That's interesting so do you contribute your dad being carper, carpenter to kind of the path that you saw maybe would be best for you then like you, you really enjoyed that hands-on? Yeah I think that's really
1: him. it I just I enjoyed that time with him and I also just enjoyed the work like mm-hmm. I mean when I was a kid I remember like being like 12 years old and just being like an absolute monkey around the trusses right and my dad was like well perfect you know give me some strapping and you know a sack of nails and a hammer and there you go and I just loved it right like I was swinging around there like a like an absolute monkey so it was, I, I just liked it you know it was yeah that's cool yeah.
0: so did you so when you came out of high school you found a job in construction right away, framing, or or what did that look like? Yeah,
1: I found a job framing for just residential houses around Grand Prairie. Nice. Yeah, with a company called Bane Contracting, and um, I think I was with him for about four four years. Um, kind of moved up, you know, pretty fast. Like I, from what I remember, I caught on pretty quick. Like within six months, I think I was laying out walls and, you know. It was just kind of always one step ahead, right, always just looking at what the next task is on my own kind of thing, and um, so after about four years, I started to get a little bit bored of just houses, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah,
0: especially, so that, what what, what timeline was that, like a year, 2000? I graduated
1: in 99, so yeah, from like 99 to about 2003 or so. Somewhere in there, 2004.
0: Yeah, so that, that genre, I'm gonna call it, or that design of house was very much cookie cutter. Yeah. Totally. So I could
1: see how that. It's the same house, repetitious, like it could be a mirror image of each other, you yeah. know, like it was, yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: That's awesome. So, and then you got, so you kind of got sick of the same old, same old, and ventured out where? Where did you go from there?
1: Well, I think I kind of took a bit of a break and I just went and did a bit of like a bunch of hippie things. Like, I, I lived in Golden for a couple years, um, snowboarding, just kind of doing little odd jobs and stuff. Bumming? And bumming around, exactly, and just enjoying my 20s, right? Um, did some hitchhiking around. I hitchhiked down to the States for about five months and just like played my guitar on the streets and, you know, avoided the winter. That was a pretty cool experience. And then, um, back you know eventually that got old too it just was not really make, making just enough money to get by kind of thing and and I just started to realize the need to like have a job you know and just like have some stability st- st- stability exactly right and BC at that time wasn't really it was just really sporadic and hard to find work so I went back to Grand Prairie And kind of made a goal for myself to like actually do my apprenticeship at that point, right? And I knew I didn't want to go back to houses, so I just looked at commercial, you know, uh, general contractors. Figured I could get it. I was, you know, get well-rounded, experience that way. So that's what I did. I found a contractor called CalDon Construction, general contractor, and I apprenticed with them for, I think I was with them for maybe five or six years, something like that throughout my whole apprenticeship. And as soon as I got my gold seal, I packed up and left Grand Prairie came to Edmonton.
0: Nice. And then when you came to Edmonton, did you start with Shandos right away or? Not, not right I away, no. no.
1: I, uh, I had a buddy that had just moved up here. So, and he had bought a house. He needed a garage built. So I quit my job. I came up here. I slapped this garage together for him real quick and lived with him while I searched for a job. And uh, first job I found was, was framing multi-dwelling um for a company called KD Claire we did a lot of framing for Carrington Homes and and man and stuff like that. Multifamily? Yeah. So duplexes, yeah. 12plexes. Yeah, and I quickly two-story became walk-ups. quickly became the layout guy. I was snapping all the lines, cutting all the plates, laying out all the right and we would prefab everything basically. We we have several framing ta- tables. You just throw your plates in there, your studs, stack them all, you'd have all four stories of this wall and all four stories of this wall interiors exteriors. We even prefab floor floor systems for each different suites, right? And you just crane it all in and just jig, jigsaw puzzle it all together. It was a pretty cool experience But again, it got pretty boring after a while, right? So, yeah, and they yeah. weren't paying the greatest so I kept looking after I think maybe a year working for them and uh, and then finally Kara called me in for an interview one day and she was pretty pleased with, with my interview and wanted me to start like the next Monday. And me, I'm, I'm always just like, you know, it's like, I gotta give two weeks. Like, and she's like, no, Monday or nothing. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm in, let's do this, right? And so yeah, started, started the next Monday and uh, that was the day I met Chris Fry for the first time. It's the first site I went to was Jeff Walker was, was running uh, fleet services on the south side of town there. With Chris Fry and uh, I just fit right in like immediately like those two guys were so awesome to work for just
0: pure culture pure good culture right away yeah nice exactly yeah cool and then so you came on as a journeyman yep and worked your way up to general foreman yep. and now superintendent yeah that's great mm-hmm. what uh, so somebody aspiring to do the same thing as you, to work up to a superintendent, what are some of the things, like, I've seen you interact with your team, um, it's fantastic, like, you're you're a good mentor, you're a great mentor, what are some of the things that you could, you know, say to your team who wants to go from, like, a labourer to a superintendent?
1: Oh, geez, We're I, digging deep. Yeah, geez, I don't know, I think, um, really, it's just about kind of keeping your head down and, your, and keeping your... Brain into the weeds of it all, and making sure you understand all those little parts. Um, it's important for you to understand all of those little details and and all those weeds for you to be able to start looking back and looking at the big picture. I think, right? So I think a lot of people they sometimes they want to bite off a little bit more than they can chew, and uh, you know, it, at Shandos I think we definitely you know it's it's not necessarily a sink or swim sort of a. Of a an idea Like, we, we want people to succeed, right? So we want to make sure that people have all those tools in place to be able to, uh, to know what they're doing, right? I and think it's... Get into those an, yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree.
0: I think it's important that not only do we want people to succeed, but we want people to make mistakes because that's yeah. our biggest learning curve. Absolutely. Is, sure.
1: is, is fucking shit up. Th- those are the ones that you remember the most, right? Yeah. That stick with you over the years. And that you, you know, you'll... Reiterate those tales to to those people that you're mentoring as well, right? So mistakes are a big part of, of learning, absolutely.
0: So what are some mistakes that you've made? Oh jeez, I don't know. That like, what's the biggest one that you've made that you're like, I am never doing that again?
1: I don't know. I can't really think of one. No, oh, that's fine. That's fine. That's <laughs> a
0: that's a that's a super hard one to think about on the yeah. spot. So. Um, Again, we didn't... I know there's plenty. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing about being a carpenter is we adapt and overcome. Like, that's it's in our DNA. Adapt, overcome. Make a mistake. Totally. Fix it. Get on with the day. Yeah. I think that's what makes... I think builders are... Like, I think you're born with that brain function as building. Whether it's, you know, like uh, myself. I really... Think that not everybody is cut out um, to be a carpenter. Some of us are just laborers, and there's nothing wrong with that. And some people just are born to move stuff from A to B. That's, totally. You know, like that's yeah. that's that's what I am. I am made to pick shit up and <laughs> move, move it over there. there. That's <laughs> that's it, right? I'll right. leave the layout to you, mm-hmm. but I'll knock it together. So I think it it, it takes all kinds, but I think you're born with the DNA to create um, in some way, form, or fashion. I think so too, yeah. And, you know, it's funny, I'm reading a few books right now, and the one book talks about like the eight things a person needs. And I think it's interesting that the eighth, so we fulfill most things, food, water, roof overheads career want our children to do well but the eighth item is the need for greatness or to be recognized for greatness and that is it's interesting it's rarely fulfilled
1: yeah i wonder like if what the stats are and like how many people actually desire that you know what i mean so i bet you there's a lot of people that don't really need that you know what I mean, or don't, or don't think they don't need that. Maybe, right? Maybe they think they don't need it, but me, then this is my. Maybe,
0: maybe you feel the same way, maybe you don't. But when I think of all the buildings that I've built with teams, I feel, I feel like that's a part of greatness. Like I've accomplished something there, because not everybody can build a building like with a team, especially in a general contractor role, because yeah. there's so many balls in the air and it's extremely difficult. But so there's that need in my eyes when we're a builder we're a creator we want to be recognized for that work that's put in do you know what i mean yeah for sure so there's there's some of that do you do you get any do you get any of that
1: yeah absolutely yeah um i think for me like in my career especially back in the days of framing i was very um efficiency orientated like i would always and I think part of it is because I'm lazy, so I would always try to find the best, quickest, easiest way to get things done. And um, so I would always just push myself really hard. And it and it wasn't really that I was trying to get recognition from anybody else. It's just I wanted to do that for myself to to know that I could beat yesterday's goals by changing one little thing or whatever it was, right? So that was just my own personal drive to to achieve like efficiency, excellence, you know, and
0: I think it's funny that you said you're lazy, but you just explain somebody super
1: motivated. Yeah, it's sort of funny, right? Yeah, I I don't think I don't think
0: I don't think it's laziness. I think it's just different way of thinking. Mm -hmm. You're you're self motivated. You're you want to do better. You're just that kind of a driven individual. That's that's awesome. That's great. That's great. So through your career, is there anybody that you know that you really looked up to and said fuck you know like I want to be that person look at the way that person does this or you know
1: like is there anybody that stands out in your head um, going through your career I'd have to say the first name first person that jumps to mind is Jeff Walker uh, again and working with him and Chris was uh, it just was like a whole nother level of construction that I'd never seen like the the detail like how well planned they every day they knew exactly what was going on they were looking ahead um, I just had never really seen anybody so in control of their job site before at that point in my career um, Still to this day. I still sometimes will stop and think like what would Jeff Walker do? You know? Wow, that's yeah That's a pretty big legacy. He left behind. Oh totally for sure. He was um, He was an incredible mentor and again one of those guys that didn't really realize that he was a mentor You know what I mean he just it just kind of came natural to him, you know, he just would ask all the right questions and to get your own gears lubed up and and thinking, right? So he's definitely somebody that I I look up to for the way that he handled trades, the way how organized he was, and his style of mentoring right down to the laborers. Like he gave everybody the time of day and like everybody, you know, he carried respect for absolutely everybody at all times, right? And so yeah, he's definitely one that I, I look up to for sure, huge
0: so there's a stigma about superintendents that they kick yell and scream i'm i'm the exception because if you've worked with me you've seen some <laughs> anyway uh, there's a stigma about kick yelling and screaming to get the job done but from what i know from chris and now you jeff walker knew when to do that and when not to do that and like do you do you kind of emulate that? Like you're not you're not a kick and screamer at all. Like no. zero, zero. I've yeah, never zero.
1: seen you. In fact, I hate it when people, because I feel it's it's usually somebody that's not performing that makes you have to start to react that way, right? Where I just hate it. I hate it when people put me to that level. So no, I prefer to, uh, just like Jeff and and Chris and those guys respect everybody, uh, respect what they can bring to the table and try to like nurture that. And um, you know what I mean? Like, have people come to the table wanting to, to find those efficiencies and find a better way to get this done and get it quicker and safer. And and there shouldn't be any need for that, right? And if it does start to be a bit of conflict, then well, then you just gotta dig your heads in, into the facts and figure out what's what, right? And, that's
0: important, that's important. Not over dramatizing stuff yeah and, exactly. and getting to the facts getting to the bottom
1: of there's really no reason to get worked up on a personal level yeah. over things it's work it shouldn't there shouldn't be much gray like we all know there's some gray lines there there's some scope cappage that happens right and that's fine sometimes you got to pick them up whatever right but there's no need to get uptight on a personal level just figure, what are the facts? What are the lines? What's your contract? What's my contract? And, and then go from there, right? And you can resolve usually any issue pretty quickly without getting too heated about it, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting? I, one of the thoughts that crossed my mind is the superintendent of yesterday versus the superintendent of today. So you, we've all worked for those supers, like I'm gonna use the term old school. Sure. We've all worked for the old school guys. Um, so when you think about superintendents of yesterday compared to yourself today, what's the biggest change? Like there's a, there's a huge, there's a lot of changes, but what do you think is the biggest change of the yester to the now of being a
1: super? I think it's the preparedness. I think old school superintends were sort of just flying by the seat of their pants a little bit. I would agree you know with I mean? that, yeah. They're, they're just kind of showing up day by day, probably pretty exhausted, you know. Um, and that's all sort of part and parcel, right? Where I think nowadays we're, we're planning better, um, we're utilizing the team better, you know what I mean? We're, mm-hmm. we're engaging other people to, to do the planning and the thinking and be collaborative mm-hmm. with the planning and thinking. So that in turn, it just kind of makes, makes your life a bit easier. And it also like everybody's sort of gets that engagement, you know, like to the point where at five o'clock hits, they're going home and they're like, they're, they're excited about thinking about what they're going to do tomorrow and the mm-hmm. next day and the accomplishments they're, they're going to make as opposed to the old school where it was just like, boom, I'm out of here. Give me a beer, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Right. yeah. So I think that's kind of the big, big difference that I, I sort of notice. I think.
0: Yeah, you know what? Like, I would love to be labor working on one of your job sites because I've seen that with you. You kind of let the team. Hey, this is the work we need to do. I don't care how you guys do it. Figure it out. If you need a hand, come get me. Kind of a thing. Like it's you. You're very much you let the team think for themselves, yeah, and that's absolutely. great because it challenges individuals. It puts other people outside their comfort box because not everybody can think outside the box, right? Not everybody can think for themselves um, because we've been whipped into submission where this really brings the creativity and problem solving out. So that's great. That's a great attitude to have. So we've got work out of the way. We've got to know Matt at work. So tell us about, so you have a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. She lives. She lives in Hinton. Wow. That's that's a yeah. beauty spot. How did you guys meet?
1: Uh, we met through a friend of ours, mutual friend. Um, she brought me out to Jasper to go skiing, and we stayed at Michelle's house. So that was kind of how we met. Um, funny thing is that we actually went to the same high school. I think she graduated a year early, year before me. Um, but we never knew each other back then. We didn't hang out. So we know all the same people, right? Like we, you know, have these same circles of friends, but we never really met back in the day. So yeah, that was about seven years ago. We've, yeah, I think it's seven years we've been together, uh, doing this long distance thing, and it's great. M- you know, most people that know me know this, and most people think it's pretty weird. But um, I don't know. I guess the simplest way to put it is is we see each other every weekend, and we're always super excited to see each other. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so after seven years, we're still just as much in love as the you know, the, the first couple months, right? Because we're just, we always miss each other, right? Yeah. So I think I think we kind of found a pretty nice little formula. Uh, I love being at home alone. I get to kind of live this bachelor life, do what I want, make the messes that I want to, you know, make and not have anybody nagging over me at any time, and she gets to do the same. You know, we're not up in each other's spaces. And then, like I said, we can just come together and be super, super excited to see each other all the time, so
0: and she loves to snowboard right like is that is that her bag
1: yeah she's uh she likes to do everything like we do backcountry skiing backcountry hiking backcountry camping snowboarding uh, traveling she's a very active person cross-country skiing so yeah we we're just like adventurists i guess you could kind of say that's cool we're we're no kids we're not planning on having kids we're just kind of want to live our lives to the fullest yeah that's that's
0: awesome yeah yeah i think i think you know the older we get or the the more futuristic we get in humanity the less we need to populate back in the day it used to be populate so you could run the farm exactly you needed right? the extra hands you, right? you, you you populated a workforce yeah. by yourself exactly. you know you know what i mean yeah. so i think the older we get the less we need to populate you yeah, know especially sure. if we think about you know population as a disease
1: yeah you know yes exactly it's it's something that was on my mind definitely I think in my younger years sort of this what kind of world is this that I would want to bring bring a person into it
0: and I think it ties back to like nowadays people still want to leave a legacy of some sort behind and that's why they have kids they want you know like look at all the good things I've done I want my kids to do the same good things because that means I will just continue on being known for these good things, you know? Yeah. So, I, I think it's super cool that you guys are just live in the moment and yeah, enjoy sure. each other's company. Yeah. And
1: yeah, for sure, we'll see, time will tell if I regret those decisions, I guess. But I don't know, man,
0: I, I read an interesting article about living in day type compartments, so each day is a compartment and yesterday doesn't matter tomorrow it doesn't matter it's just living, living today in the now yeah and it recognize the way you feel so you love your girlfriend you love her today you know it's probably not going to change tomorrow right like so live in the today because you know i think we get stressed out about a lot of wrongs in the world for sure thinking about tomorrow so yeah. anyway so li- passions because i know you got you got a few but there's you know two particular that stand out for me. One is skateboarding, yeah. slash traveling. I'll, I'll, I'll add traveling into sure. that because you yeah. like to travel. Yeah. The other is songwriting and singing and playing in a band or you you rent a music space downtown do, and yeah. like yeah. there's 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 this huge artistic musical piece t- to you. That I don't think and like not people know that
1: you're pretty good at stuff, but yeah, I keep it pretty close knit. I think most people kind of know that I'm musically inclined, but I don't really share what I do too much out there. So um, let's
0: talk. Let's talk about the yeah, music piece. Sure. So, you've been playing music since high school, I think. Right? Yeah, since like 13, I think was when I first picked up a guitar. Yeah. And currently, you can play how many instruments? Do you do you even know?
1: Um, I can play guitar, ukulele, bass, harmonica, and sing. So
0: that's awesome. Yeah. And what what is your? I always bug you because I call you Norwegian death metal, but like, what is what is your favorite music? You,
1: like, favorite what is, like genre? Genre? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of tough. I like all music pretty much, except for um, I think I heard you say the other day, like country pop. I hate it. I hate country pop. I like country music, not pop country. Um, I like reggae quite a bit. It's kind of up in the forefront. Uh, I used to be in a reggae band, but then on my personal side, like songwriting, I'm kind of a folk uh, songwriter. So, but again, it's it's all over the place. Like I could play metal, punk, ska, reggae, folk. Bob Dylan, e sort of harmonica sounding stuff, you know. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's all over the place for sure.
0: Like that's, it takes it takes a certain individual to like play music, let alone write and create your own. Yeah. So there's an artistic piece to you, that that is very. Yeah, that's very. That's, that's always been
1: it's always been my preference to write my own songs. Um, I think f- as soon as I started learning how to formulate guitar chords and put them together, I, st- I just started writing because I just would have these melodies in my head, so I would just kind of put them out. I never enjoyed sitting in front of sheet music and trying to learn somebody else's songs, somebody else's material. I just want to play it from the heart kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So so that just started at an early age, and um, I mean, now I kind of wish I knew. You know, people like hearing cover songs, right? It's, uh, it's definitely around the campfire people kind of tend to prefer that a little bit more but I I do it for myself right and I think that's part of the reason that I'm pretty close-knit about it it's the songs that I write are usually pretty personal and they mean a lot to me they definitely come from 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 the heart for sure that's
0: great yeah that there's a vulnerability piece in there that's Mm -hmm. like you know I don't want anybody to really know but like I got to express myself somehow yeah so there's there's a piece there why don't you tell us what we were just discussing a little bit ago about you know, how involved and how excited you are about this piece of
1: you. Sure. Um, so kind of what had happened here actually just this last weekend, um, I've been following a friend of mine, uh, Kaylee Cardinal. I'll give her a little plug here. I used to be in a band with her. She's an amazing singer and she's Edmonton based and she's been doing really good. She's nominated for a Juno this year. Wow. Yeah. So she's like—you know like, somebody nominated for a Juno. Yeah, she's doing really, really well. Um, she's been traveling all over Canada and and the United States and whatever. Anyways, I seen a post from her and she had mentioned that there's a songwriting competition or contest going on for the Bear Creek Folk Fest up in Grand Prairie and um, so I seen that and I was like you know what I'm gonna maybe jump outside of my comfort zone here a little bit and enter that songwriting competition so just yesterday I sat down and recorded a nice little piece it's pretty simple song nice heartfelt lyrics uh, with some harmonica in it so I, I feel like it's got a pretty good good shot. It's definitely an emotional song. I wrote it after my dad passed away. So I think there's a bit of content there that could you know, tug at some heartstrings kind of. And um, so I submitted it yesterday, um, which is feels pretty exciting. I'm kind of surprised that I did that. It's like I said, it's not definitely outside of my comfort zone for sure. So uh, that's all I know. I've submitted it. I won't know anything until February 25th when they announce who kind of makes it into the next round and then from there we'll see where it goes i'll have to do some live performances with the song and yeah yeah that's awesome totally I'm, I'm like i'm super crushing on
0: you right now it's it's Ooh. great <laughs> no it's it's good it's good you yeah. know like i have a lot of admiration for you man like you you're not only you're like a really kind person you have this like artistic piece that is just like outstanding it's it it's it makes, me, it makes me feel good just to know you. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, what are some of the things that you want to do with the music piece? Like, is, do you want to go, like, do you, do you want a Juno nomination? Like, do no, you? No,
1: no, I, I don't know. If I could like back up the whole music thing. Um, like, I've been in bands, like, my whole life. Like, I think it was, had to been like, 15 years of being in a band, steady. Pretty much the moment I became a GF, that all like dwindled downhill. I just did not have the time for it anymore, right? Um, which is fine. And I really enjoyed that piece of my life playing. I never, we just played local shows, never really did any tours or anything like that. I did play with some pretty big bands and it was cool. It was a, definitely a fun experience, but I was always like, music is fun. The moment I take it into a career and push it into a career, it will no longer be fun. Mm. I'll be going, I'll be, you know, stuffed in a van with like four other stinky dudes and crappy hotels and touring around making no money. And I'm, it's probably gonna make me hate music, you know, or or hate performing the songs that I should love, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I always just was like, no, this is purely a hobby. I do it for myself the way that it makes me feel mm-hmm. and that was kind of my motto so that's what I stuck with and and even still now I mean I think um, it's gotten me through a lot of rough times being able to get your feelings and thoughts out into a format that you can really express it whether it's to somebody or it's to just to the wall whatever right it's still just you know
0: it's almost like a form of meditation for yeah
1: people. for sure I, I would say that it is definitely so that's what it's always been and that's what it'll always be. Um, right now in my life, it's what it is. Later into retirement, I could see myself maybe performing again a little bit more, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. How many guitars do you own? I think right now I am I got like 12.
0: Look! Look how long it took you to think about how many you own. <laughs> that's awesome. So you're diseased by buying guitars. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. No, it's fine. we got to yeah, spend sure. our money on something.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I do like guitars. It's hard to not keep adding to that.
0: One of my favorite stories that you've ever told me is about when you and Kirk Jones got together and jammed out. Yeah. You, like, How did that How did that come? Oh, Cause I'm trying to remember. I didn't
1: even know Kirk Jones played the guitar, yeah. let alone... Yeah, I don't think many people do know that Kirk plays. I, I certainly didn't, and then I think... I think he was over at NorQuest with us for for a little bit of time helping out with the exterior package there and uh, and we just got to talking I think I, I had maybe bought a guitar or whatever we started talking we were gearheads, right so we started talking guitars and he was thinking about buying a, a Fender and I was like no you should get a Gretsch or whatever right so we just started yakking about that and then we decided hey like I got this jam space that I rent just downtown and told him to come by and so we did. We met up on a Wednesday night or something after work. Bought a box of beer and sat there and just kind of went around the block. Right? I do a song. You do a song. I do a song. It was pretty fun. He's a, he's a good guitar player. Uh, yeah, it's good times. That's awesome. I I I think that's great. Maybe you guys
0: should start a Shandos Shandos podcast. That's just jam sessions.
1: Jam sessions. I bet you there's probably quite a few musicians out there in the in the. I imagine it'd hmm. be cool if, you, yeah anybody who's listening if you want to jam out with Matt just give him a plug yeah yeah that's great maybe we should do a little podcast of uh, talent search or something like that
0: that'd be awesome the great idea yeah
1: great idea maybe we'll do that maybe we'll do that in like the summertime or something yeah. ah, maybe that's yeah, there's definitely like I know, you know, going back to skateboarding, I know there's Chris Callender. He's an excellent skateboarder. He's an amazing kid, amazing. right? Amazing. Yeah, I love that dude. Yeah. Right. So I mean, that'd be cool to, you know, like, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing some of his, some of his moves. He's
0: been like in articles and stuff, right? Like yeah. he's been in like Skate Magazine and something else, and, yeah. like quite a few stuff. Like he's he's crazy. I yeah, he's shown me some of his tricks, and I'm like, oh my god, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Insane. Yeah, that's cool um, so we're coming to the end here is there anything else that you want to talk about is there uh... oh I don't know this is just radio silence yeah radio silence <laughs> <laughs> um, so as we come to a close you're a huge skateboarder traveler amazing musician anybody who you know has the courage to you know write a song and then send it especially you know something like dealing with your dad and stuff you know anybody has the courage to share that with the world that's amazing i i i think you're a, a super awesome neat individual that people should get to know more yeah. i'm glad you did the podcast today
1: yeah i, I kind of used that as my courage a little bit I, I sort of told myself that's what my dad would want me to do he always loved he was a musician too so he whenever he came to my shows and stuff he was always that you know typical dad is like that's my boy right and yeah then, you know so he, he would definitely want me to, to that's great a bit more vocal and outward with my with my art for sure so. are your
0: brothers do they play at all or no
1: no my oldest brother Saul uh, he used to play and then he, he he quit quite a few years ago and now he's you know he's pretty busy with two kids and so yeah he doesn't really play anymore and my other brother actually passed away about I don't know five or six years ago, so that was that was kind of another pretty tragic moment in in my life. But
0: wow, so so it's just you and your older
1: brother now. Yeah.
0: And uh, you, are you guys pretty close? Like
1: we're sort of close. Yeah. I mean, going through the the stuff with my dad passing away definitely brought us closer. He lives down in Calgary, so it's kind of you know we don't see each other that much. But whenever I'm down there, I certainly make time for him and him and his family for sure. And he has two kids? Yep, yeah, two daughters, yep. Yeah. So you have two nieces. Yeah, That's awesome. So you're the cool uncle. I'm definitely the cool uncle, yeah. yeah.
0: That can play music and rip on a snowboard and skateboard and yeah. you're that guy. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you very much for being on. Is there anything, um, how do we get more people, like, because I asked you just out in the hall here and you're like, yeah, let's do it um sometimes when i ask people about hey you want to be on Shandos podcast they're like no no fuck no like what are, how can we encourage more people to come onto the podcast because this this was an excellent podcast by the yeah, way yeah yeah i'm
1: not sure it's a good question um I don't know i don't know i I wonder what it is why people think that way right like it's it's not a big deal it's just got to get it's just a conversation it's just me me and you sitting in a room talking right
0: yeah everybody has a story yeah for sure exactly everybody everybody, has a story everybody has a voice
1: it's interesting to hear those stories right like i'm enjoying the podcast so far so it's It's yeah it's it's a nice little way to get to know people on a deeper level right because you know we certainly try to i try to on site get into the to the small talks with people but you know our head's in the game so much that you're yeah. you know
0: yeah there is a personal aspect that that you definitely bring to Jobsite and, yeah you know that's I one of the things that sure. yeah. that's one of the things that I admire you for um thank you much thank you very much for being on today it was great today was a great podcast don't go anywhere because I want to take a picture okay it's going to be on Yammer cool and then uh yeah so thank you very much and We will see you when you're a big Juno star. Cool, thanks man.